Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, football fan. An interesting trend has started to occur in the world of football over the last couple of years. More and more talented players from North America are finding their way to top football clubs in Europe. Players like Christian Pulisic at Chelsea, Alfonso Davies at Bayern Munich and Weston McKennie at Juventus. These top talents from North America all have a couple of things in common. They came to Europe as teenagers and they all first came to Germany where they broke through in the Bundesliga before they moved to top clubs abroad or became regular starters at German top clubs like Bayern Munich. These North American top talents are flocking to the Bundesliga because of a couple of reasons. Young players get a lot of opportunities there, and it's easier for them to get a work permit in Germany than in the UK, for example. The intensive style of play in the Bundesliga also seems to fit them. It's a win-win situation for the players and clubs, as these players get a chance in one of the biggest football leagues in the world, while clubs like Schalke 04 and Borussia Dortmund cashed in massive transfer fees when they sold players like Weston McKenney and Christian Pulisic. The next generation of North American talents is knocking on the door already. And in this podcast episode, we will dive into the story of one of these talents. His name is Chris Richards. He's 21 years old and he's a central defender. Chris Richards was signed by Bayern Munich in 2019 and he's currently on loan at TSG Hoffenheim. We got the opportunity to meet Chris Richards and take a deep dive into his background. We also spoke about his spectacular move to Bayern Munich and the mental struggles that come with a move like that. My name is Sam van Raalte and welcome to the home of football. Let's go. We met Chris Richards on a cold afternoon in Hafenheim, a quiet town in the west of Germany. Chris is a tall guy with a bright smile and a relaxed vibe. We sat down in the club's offices, where we started to talk about Chris's background. He grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, area code 205, a city in the deep south of the United States. First of all, how are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm doing good, how are you? I'm great, man, thank you. Good. All right, had a good day today? Yeah, everything's been good. Okay, cool. So let's start all the way at the beginning. The 205, man, what was your life like back then when you grew up there? Uh, I mean, it was, it was a pretty simple life, to be fair. I mean, uh, you know, I had my group of friends, played, played basketball, played soccer, 
there wasn't many places to go on the weekend. I think the, the craziest thing we do is go to the movies. And so that was pretty much like the hangout place. Um, but yeah, Birmingham, it was just, it's kind of quiet and uh, uh, it was just, just easy. How would you describe your family? I'd say my family, we have a lot of character. Uh, my brother, he's nine years old. He's crazy as ever. I mean, he's always on the go. My sister, she's kind of, she's the daddy's girl. So she, of course, gets whatever she wants from my dad. Uh, now, I think I get a lot of my character from my dad. He's, he's funny. I like to think I'm funny as well. Uh, he's a cool guy. And then my mom, she's, she's the anchor of our family. What's, what's something funny your father did that you still think of sometimes? Huh. That's, I, I, I could think of a bunch of stuff. I don't know. I think, uh, I think he, ha he has a really big sweet tooth. My dad has a really big sweet tooth. And so I remember one time my, uh, my grandma, she made a cake for the whole family. And we came home maybe 30 minutes later, and my dad had eaten the whole thing. <laughs> and my dad, like I said, he's crazy and has a crazy sweet tooth. That's awesome. And your mother, you said she's the anchor of the family. Can you give us an example of that? Yeah, I mean... Uh, My mom, she's always done whatever it takes to, you know, to just take care of us. And you now she's worked two jobs sometimes. And even though she doesn't want to do it, she's always, you know, done whatever is best for our family. Chris's father, Ken, was a professional basketball player in countries like Australia, Bolivia and Iceland. Sports like basketball, American football and baseball are, of course, much bigger than football in the United States or soccer, as they call it over there. But Chris fell in love with football after a trip to Argentina. I think my love of football came from, uh, a, actually it was a trip I took down to Argentina in 2016, the beginning of 2016. And um, I mean, I'd always played it growing up, but then that's when I decided that soccer was all I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And uh, we had, uh, it was a team trip. And so we went and kind of just embraced the Argentinian culture and the soccer culture. And like I said, that's when I pretty much decided that that was the, the only thing I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Uh, I've never been to Argentina, man. What, what was it like? What did you see there that triggered you? Uh, I think so. We went to, when we went to Argentina, we went to the Boca Junior Stadium. And of course, it's one of the most historic stadiums in the world. And, you know, just experiencing that, you're like, wow. But then we went to a local derby. And uh, I mean, we were like 15, 16 year old kids at that time. And we were driving up in our little tour bus and people were throwing stuff at our, at our like uh, bus. And of course, We were scared, but also we're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, even though it's a little dangerous, we enjoyed it. And so, uh, you know, at 15 years old, that's something that, especially in the MLS, you don't see. And so being able to experience that for the first time, it was really, it was awesome. I spoke with Ken Richards, Chris's father, via video chat. Ken is a very kind man, and we spoke while he was chilling in his home in Birmingham, Alabama. Here's Ken on Chris's childhood and how Chris started playing football. When Chris growing up, he was uh, he was an easygoing kid. He was uh, very fun, very pleasant. Um, he was he was he was always happy. As you can see on some of these videos and pictures that you see now, he's always smiling. Um, he was very easygoing, very energetic. Um, he always loved sports. You know, I would say he was he was just a joy. Honestly, I mean, he you know he cares about people. Um, he always wants to do the right thing and. But I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better first talent. I don't think I can say that myself or my my wife discovered that he had the talent. Um, I think he he kind of chose soccer. Um, we we started off with him playing. We started off with t-ball, and I never forget he came to us maybe midway through the season and he said, "Mom, Dad, I um 
I don't want to play this anymore. He said, it's boring. I'll say he was five, five. And um, he said, I want to play soccer. Soccer? You know, where where did this come from? I mean, soccer was just kind of foreign to me, um, you know. And so he kind of chose soccer, and it was something that, that he wanted to do. And, you know, once he started doing it, he was good at it. You know, from an early age, he was good at it. He was was really fast and um so he scored a lot of goals as a kid and you know I think it was maybe around nine or ten we kind of got you know he started really progressing and developing skills and it was a college coach that told me he said um and his exact words to me were if he grows to at least be your size he said he could probably play at a professional level and you know, I think then it kind of dawned on me that maybe he can, you know, have a future in this. But, you know, even with that being said, you just never know how kids are going to turn out and things happen, you know, and just happen to fall in place. And that's kind of what happened with Chris. And so, you know, we've, we've been, um, it's been a, it's been good to see where he came from and where he's at now. Being from Alabama, which like you said, it's most definitely soccer is, <laughs> it's very low on the picking order. So yeah, it's, it's kind of surreal. It was not a given that a boy from Birmingham, Alabama would make it to a top team like Bayern Munich. For a while, Chris's family was even struggling to pay the fees for Chris's football practices. When the world was hit by a financial crisis in 2008. The financial crisis in the late 2000s, uh, you know, I think it hit a lot of people hard. And I remember being around 8, 9, 10 and... Uh, we would get uh, a letter after training, like at the end of the training week, and uh, they'd be like, give, go home and give it to your parents. You're not supposed to open it. And so I remember one time, me being nosy as a young kid, I opened up the letter and it said, you know, you have an outstanding balance of this and that. Because, of course, in the U.S., you have to pay to play. And I never said anything about it because, you know, that when you're that young, you don't really realize how much, like what was happening or even how much these fees were. And then um, I remember just I remember it going from living in this big house with the few cars to you know moving to a place that was significantly smaller to uh, having one car that was you know not no not that nice and now looking back on it you realize how big of a struggle it was for my family because you know I had my sister was maybe two years old at that time so she was needed to take care of a baby as well and then also um my dad has a moving company, and that pretty much almost completely went under during the business. So he had to find a job, and it was just everything was hidden at once. And I think the last thing that they wanted to do was pay for me to play soccer. But, I mean, like I said, they always found the money to, to keep me going, and that's something that I can never repay them for. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great that you can pay them back in a way. Yeah. yeah, I try to do my best. I mean, that's the one thing that definitely keeps me going is knowing that, you know, whenever they were down on money or whatever, they always found a way for me to keep going, so I'm going to try to keep them going as well. Here's Ken Richards on how the financial crisis affected the family. Financial crisis of 2008 and 2009, it, it really hit us hard for the simple fact that I was um, I owned my own business and it was, a, it was a moving transportation company and we did a lot of relocation as far as moving and things like that. And when the housing market and everything crashed, it directly affected us. So, you know, obviously with that happening, I had to look at other avenues of making money. Um, and I wasn't making as much money. I actually became a deputy sheriff. And um, 
So I, I got into law enforcement. And so I wasn't making as much. We had to kind of prioritize a lot more. You know, I put it that way. Uh, we weren't able to do a lot of the individual training sessions and stuff for Chris. But, you know, we made sure that he had everything that he needed. Didn't have a lot of the extra things that we were able to do before. But we were able. I think me and his mom had to put some things that we wanted to do to the side just, you know, so he could pursue his dream. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was really tough. It was tough for all of us. But um, he never complained. He kept working through it. Now, to understand Chris Richards, you have to understand the history of Birmingham, Alabama. This city was the center of the civil rights struggle for African Americans in the 60s. Locally, the movement was led by a fearless priest named Fred Shuttlesworth. He requested Martin Luther King to come help end segregation in Birmingham. Together, they started massive marches to protest in the city. They were met with police repression, tear gas, attack dogs and fire hoses. Segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. Thousands of protesters were arrested, including Martin Luther King himself. My dear fellow clergymen, while confined here in the Birmingham city jail, I came across your recent statement calling my present activities unwise and untimely. Several months ago, the affiliate here in Birmingham asked us to be on call to engage in a nonviolent direct action program if such were deemed necessary. We readily consented, and when the hour came, we lived up to our promise. So I, along with several members of my staff, am here because I was invited here. I am here because I have organizational ties here. But more basically, I'm in Birmingham because injustice is here. Ultimately, they were successful, leading not only to desegregation of public accommodations in Birmingham, but also the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that outlaws discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex or national origin. In 2000, Chris Richards was born in Birmingham, Alabama as a child of a black father and a white mother, something that wouldn't have been possible a couple of decades earlier. Chris has a tattoo of Martin Luther King on his right arm. Here's Chris on what Martin Luther King means to him. He means everything. I, mean, I guess growing up in Birmingham, you, you grow up learning about the civil rights movement, of course, and then my mom being white and my dad being black, of course, that's something that, uh, you know, a few years ago in Birmingham, uh, it was completely uh, forbidden. And, you know, there's a civil rights, uh, the Civil Rights Museum is down, downtown Birmingham, and I remember going to it growing up and just seeing all the stuff that had happened to not just my people, but to people all around uh, the United States and the world, actually. And seeing the sacrifices that many of the leaders made, including Martin Luther King, was something that really inspired me. And, you know, it was, it's just something that you can never forget. And like my family being biracial, like I said, it was something that he fought for personally. And um, you know, if he hadn't done what he did, maybe I wouldn't be here today. That's crazy to think of, right? Yeah. So for people that don't know, can you tell a little bit of uh, what happened in Birmingham, Alabama? Yeah, so uh, Birmingham, Alabama was pretty much the center of the civil rights movement in the 60s in the U.S. And uh, 
Yeah, there's a 16th Street Baptist Church bombing where four young girls were killed um, before Sunday church. Um, you know, there's plenty of marches that happened in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, you know, it was also a big place where the Ku Klux Klan was, and it was just a mixture of everything uh, at one time, which kind of led to a few bad things happening. But, uh, you know, Birmingham, uh, not just Birmingham, but all of Alabama in general is a really big uh, part of American history, and uh, especially when it comes to the civil rights movement. And nowadays you see uh, in football uh, uh, more and more players taking a stand right, taking the knee, uh, wearing a shirt, you know, making statements. Uh, how do you feel about this new wave of activism in football and what, what do you think your place is in that? No, I think it's amazing. Uh, we're given these massive platforms. We're playing on TV every night where, you know, some of these guys have millions of followers on Instagram. And I think, you know, there's some people who, you know, might not even know that stuff is happening in the U.S. that they wouldn't know if people weren't posting on Instagram. And I think with social media now being as mainstream as it is, I think uh, athletes and influencers being able to, to bring light to certain issues, I think has been awesome because, like I said, we're given this, um, this huge platform for it. And for me personally, I mean, you can all, I feel like I can always do more, but I think it's just bringing to light what I think are misjustices within you know, not just the U.S., but in the world in general, and just you know, kind of making it known to, to people on social media that you know, these things can't happen again. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Chris Richards left Birmingham, Alabama as a teenager to join a football team in Houston, Texas. He then made a transfer to the MLS team FC Dallas. He caught the eye of the academy coach Eric Quill. This man, Eric Quill, became like a mentor for Chris, and Chris got a place in the FC Dallas Academy. Things then started to move fast. In 2018, Chris got the opportunity to have a 10-day trial at Bayern Munich in Germany. When I first went on trial to Bayern, it was like I got a call from the FC Dallas uh, from the back then he was the what sort of technical director. He's like, yeah, you know, we signed this uh, deal with Bayern and we want to send you over there for a 10-day trial just to, you know, just to see how you like it. I was like, all right, you know, people go over to Europe all the time, but clubs like Bayern you don't really see. And so I went over there and right away I was like, wow, like this is, this is the actual Bayern Munich, like not like an affiliate, it's the actual club. And so I get there and I'm training and of course the level is high and it was just like me, it was the first time I've been to Europe in my life, so I'm like kind of experiencing a new culture, uh, new language, you know, new teammates and stuff. But uh, 
I got over there and I was I was almost like dumbfounded because like you know at the campus you can see the the stadium in the background and how it lights up at night and then you just think like how many great players have come through that academy or even come through just Bayern in, in general and so it was really it was really eye-opening for me at first. What was your first training session like? Oh, my first training session, uh, it was directly off the plane. And I, you know, of course I didn't sleep because I was so anxious for it. And um, I get on the field and of course it's cold because it's January or actually I think it was March back then, but it's still cold in Germany. And so I was just nervous, like, you know, just do the simple things right. And then the other stuff will come later. And so I just tried to do whatever I could. Just try to do it as best as possible. So you're on the pitch with players like uh, Arjen Robben and, and stuff. How did yeah. they react? I mean, I, when I first saw, I first saw them in the locker room at first, and of course on the lockers that has everyone's name, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, maybe they don't show up today. And then I go sit down at a free locker, and then it's like right beside me is like Ayn Robben, Frank Ribery, um, David Alaba showed up as well. And I'm like, you know, this is pretty crazy going from You know, two years ago I was playing in Alabama to now playing with, you know, with not just Bayern legends, but world legends. And it was really something that I was kind of like shell-shocked at first because, you know, it's, it doesn't happen that quickly for most people. Um, then I got on the field and I guess they thought that I spoke German or that I was from the academy or something. I was like, oh, no, English, please. And it was, a, it was definitely a learning curve at first because it's them kind of learning how I play and then me learning how Europeans play, first of all, and then learning how these legends play. And it was, it was a big learning curve for me at first. Was it your first time in Europe? Uh, so my first time in Europe was on the 10-day trial, and then my second time in Europe was for the, was for the, the six-month loan. So, but that's crazy, right? That this trial was your first time in Europe, and then you're on the pitch with all these players. Yeah. And what was it like to, after the 10-day trial, you, you heard that they wanted to get you on loan? Yeah, so after the 10-day trial, uh, my coach, who's actually the coach here at Hoffenheim, uh, Sebastian Hunnis, he came up to me. And so he was like, um, yeah, you know, we like you. We want you to come back if it's possible. Um, would you be open to it? And I was like, yeah, like, of course I'd be open to it. You know, it's like every kid's dream to come to Europe. And then uh, he was like, okay, we'll stay in touch. And, you know, I just wasn't sure if that was him being nice or if, you know, what it was. And then we continued to stay in touch, or he continued to stay in touch with my club, at well, with FC Dallas and then you know they told me they told me pretty much right away they were like you know they want you to come back but for a longer period of time and I was like how long a period they're like well six months and it could be a contract at the end of it and I was like you know I have to like I have to go back but I literally sat I drove back to my apartment afterwards and I literally sat in my bed I was like did I just have this conversation with the, with the technical director I mean it was it was just crazy yeah I just called my mom I was like you know mom it looks like this is actually going to happen. Like, uh, it looks like I'm actually going to go to Bayern. And I, and for because she, she had never been to Europe at that point. So she was like, are you serious? Like, it's just one of those things where it happened so quickly. And it's like, it almost happened overnight. And then out of nowhere, um, I've lived here almost four years now. Like, it, it's crazy to think about it like that. Chris Richards impressed in Bayern's under 19 during his loan spell and was rewarded a permanent deal in 2019. That meant he had to permanently move to Germany. And he had to say goodbye to his family and friends back home indefinitely. Europe in general is just a different beast. I mean, in the, in the US, everything is so spread out because, you know, it's like a newer country. And, you know, like whether it's the roads or the space between houses that we were talking about earlier, it's just, 
it's just a completely different uh, like culture and just completely different how they do stuff here. And then uh, you come to Europe and, you know, it's like, especially in Germany, it's really, you know, they have tradition for being pretty disciplined and stuff like that. So like, that was something that you kind of had to learn to get used to. And I feel like in the U.S., everybody has an opinion. And when you get here, it's like you're supposed to do it one way. And, you know, that's you're supposed to follow the rules. And so I'm not saying I'm a rule breaker, but I think the first thing that I learned was how traditionally and how disciplined um, not just Germans are, but Europeans in general. What's something you miss from back home? Um, I mean, of course, like my friends and family. Uh, well, I'd say the food probably, you know. Uh, I guess us Americans, we kind of have a, a rap for being a little bit obese, but I can understand why, because the food's so good. Uh, but I think the biggest thing I miss about back home would probably be the food. What's your favorite dish? So, I mean, my mom, she makes, she makes pretty good tacos, but uh, I think my favorite, like, all-time meal is from this, uh, it's from this place in downtown Birmingham called Green Acres, and they, it's like, uh, they, have, they sell chicken wings, and oh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> so, um, that's something you miss, but also, when you're at such a young age and you're moving, uh, like, to a different continent, also mentally, that must be difficult sometimes, right? What, what has been mentally the, the biggest struggle for you since coming here? Yeah, I mean, at, my po at the point in life where I came to Germany, a lot of my friends I grew up with were going to college. And so they were, you know, you would wake up in the morning and you'd see your friends out at parties or you know, just kind of enjoying life and then going home on the weekends to see their family. And then I realized that once I came over here, I wouldn't see my family for, you know, maybe six months. And then when I do come home, it'd be for you know, a week maybe. And I think that was the, the toughest part because... Uh, You know, I left home at 16, but, you know, I moved to Texas so I could see my family on the weekend if I wanted to. But then moving here, you know, you're stuck pretty much. So I think that was probably the hardest part was just uh, just seeing, you know, all your friends back home enjoying their life. And I'm not saying I was enjoying life here, but it's a completely different type of enjoyment. And um, like I said, it was a lot of calls to my mom and dad uh, late at night, you know not necessarily in the best mood and it was just them telling me you know if i want to make this my living that i have to keep going and that i can't worry about what my friends are doing i have to you know i have a purpose here did you ever think you know i just want to go back home and and yeah. do all that stuff yeah i mean of course uh you see those things and you're like you know i'd love to go back home and do it but also you, know, you gotta look at it and um you gotta look at it you know, in the future you know one day i'll be able to take care of my family and uh, that, like I said, that's what always has kept me going this whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, uh, so you said, you know, you were not always in the best mood when you were calling your family, right? Was it also emotional sometimes? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember even when I first moved away from home at 16, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough age and, you know, you realize that you're probably not going to ever live in the same house with your family again. And so... Uh, I had a, my brother was three years old at the time, and then my sister, she was maybe 12, and, you know, those are years that you're never going to get back with them, so you try to make the most of, you know, the time that y'all do have, um, but it was like, you know, you never knew that, I never knew that I was leaving, so it was kind of tough when I first left that, you know, I was like, you know, I never know I'm going to see them again, you miss birthdays, you miss uh, every holiday possible, and it's tough, but, um, you know, my, my parents, they always kept me going. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. How did they keep you going? Yeah, and just, you know, they kept me going by just kind of giving me, 
just giving me the best advice possible. I mean, you know, they were always telling me, you know, we're doing good here and just worry about yourself there. We'll, you know, we'll hold it down for you when you get back. And my dad, he also, he'd played uh, professional basketball overseas. So he'd kind of, he kind of knew the experience. So he was always somebody who, uh, who always helped me mentally. And, you know, to be fair, he was really hard on me growing up, but I think him being hard on me is what helped me to become, or to be where I am today is because he kind of made me mentally tough in some, in some ways. The Richards family tries to make sure every couple of months a family member can come over to Germany to be with Chris. Once, while Chris was at Bayern, his father Ken visited. And people started to talk to Ken about his son and how impressed they were. Of course, that made Ken very proud. As a, as a parent, you know, you can't ask for anything more to see your kid live the dream out. And not only is he living the dream out, but he's... You know, he's arguably living it out at one of the best clubs in the world, um, you know. And so it was just, I was, I was so happy for him because I felt like he deserved it. Um, he, uh, he worked hard. He's humble. He, he stayed focused, even with, like you said, he had some ups and downs, but he stayed the course. And, and um, you know, I, you know, not only myself, but just us as a family, we couldn't have more thrilled to to see all the hard work that he had put in over the years and stuff to kind of see it come to or him get a chance to make it at a club such as Bayern. Chris got his first chance in the first team of Bayern Munich in the summer of 2020 when Bayern won the Bundesliga and there were still a few games to play in the season. It was time for the boy from Birmingham, Alabama to take the stage. Yeah, so it was, uh, I'd gotten called up uh, to be in the roster for the first time against Bayern the week before that. And it was when they finally clinched the, the Bundesliga. And so I was like, oh, you know, I figured maybe it'd be a good chance for some of us young guys to come in. And so they, at some point they sent me over to warm up. And, you know, it's getting down to the 80th minute around that time. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe today's not the day. And then uh, they flashed my number to come over to the bench. So I go over there and they're kind of giving me like the rundown, like, okay, you're marking this person on the corner, you're, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're coming in. And I didn't hear a word that they said. <laughs> I literally just put on my jersey and I walked over to the, to the midline and I was like, all right, like, got to come in, got to do well. And then uh, it, was, it was honestly a, a crazy, like, it was like a crazy emotions for me. I mean, it was a stadium f- with nobody inside because of Corona. It was just the whole year that was crazy. And, you know, I, you know, it was like, it was like everything had come full circle. I mean, from my first time in, in, uh, in Dallas, having signed my pro contract to making my, uh, my pro debut at Bayern. And it was just, it was an awesome day. And I remember calling my parents afterwards and they were crying. Like they, they took a video of, my brother and sister watching me on TV, and it was just some. It was a day that I'll definitely never forget. That's crazy, man. And now you're playing here in in Hoffenheim. It's your second loan here, right? Yeah, yeah. correct. So, how would you describe this club, and how you, how do you like it here? Yeah, I mean, I love it here. Uh, you know, it's the same coaches I had at Bayern from the U19 and U23 team. So, I came in. It was a lot of the same system. Uh, you know the guys here are awesome. They're they're really international, so they come from all different parts of the world. But also, it's you know it's just a good energy in the locker room. And uh, you know a team like Hoffenheim is a, a team known for developing players and sending them out to wherever in the world. And you can see why because you know you get here and 
and they play a good style of football and also you know, just the energy around the whole around the whole place is really nice. How would you describe the style of playing the Bundesliga? Yeah, I mean the Bundesliga it's it's definitely a physical league, but also it's a league where you know you see the top teams that they they just want to play and um, usually the top teams in the Bundesliga can pretty much run world soccer as well. And so uh, you know it's a really competitive league from top to bottom. Uh, you know if you if you don't come on your best game uh, every every night, you're probably going to get beat. And so. Uh, you know, it's definitely a competitive league, but I think it's a league that uh, you know, that a lot of us succeed in. What are your ambitions in Europe? What's your wildest dream? My wildest dream in Europe? I mean, I want to win the Champions League. Uh, that's probably my, my biggest thing. Uh, you know, I got a little taste of it at Bayern, even though I wasn't uh, in Lisbon when they won the last one. Being able to train with the team leading up to it, uh, you know, it just being at a club like Bayern, you see how many trophies they win, and you know, you want to be a part of the reason why they're winning trophies. And so... Uh, you know, Champions League, I think, other than the World Cup, is the biggest thing possible. And so that's definitely something I want to win. I saw you were also making music uh, with uh, another player at Bayern, right? Yeah, in the well, it was so, Alfonso, he has a studio downstairs at his uh, house. And so we'll go down there and make beats or whatever. And uh, some, sometimes some of the guys will come over and just like spit random bars and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty cool. Mm. Are you any good? I, I mean... I think if I really tried to, I could be good, but I just love listening to music in general. So, um, I mean, I think that's something that I want to get more into outside of soccer is the more music stuff. But uh, now, hopefully me and Fonzie will come up with something soon. <laughs> All right, Chris. I hope you reach your goals, you, you win that Champions League. And thank you very much for taking the time for us, man. Yeah, thank you. So that's the story of Chris Richards, the boy from Birmingham, Alabama, who made a spectacular move to Bayern Munich and currently plays at TSG Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga. I really hope Chris gets to achieve his goals. I think he has exactly the right mentality to do so. He pays homage to the past of his family and hometown by working hard in the present. And I can't wait to see what he will achieve in the future. I want to thank Chris Richards, his father Ken, Bayern Munich and TSG Hoffenheim for their time. Follow this podcast in your podcast app to never miss an episode. We've got a bunch of other cool stories lined up for you. My name is Sam van Raalte. Thank you for listening and on to the next story in the home of football. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 